0: Hello and welcome to episode five, where we're digging into the what and how of going from busy, overwhelmed, scattered, and short on time to feeling balanced, organized, and productive. Now, this topic is especially meaningful to me because this is where I got started when I first started coaching. I was super focused on helping entrepreneurs, side hustlers, small business owners go from busy to balanced. So while this is a wide-ranging topic and can include so many things, in this episode we're going to focus on what does balance really mean, internal versus external balance, and also some practical steps of going through this process, as well as the more mindset-focused, intentional uh, attitudes that we want to be bringing to this process to help support it and make it as productive as possible. Let's get into it. Welcome to Life Design 101, a podcast for designing an intentional, aligned, and fulfilling lifestyle. This is for the dreamers, doers, creatives, and strategists who are interested in conversations that explore the diverse and unique ways that we can align with our souls and move closer to our goals every day. I'm your host, Elena Hartung, life coach, creative, and fellow human obsessed with all things life design. Join me as I speak with experts and uncover their insights on topics from productivity to wellness to personal growth and beyond. So grab your favorite cup of tea and get ready to soak up some wisdom from leaders who each hold a piece of the vast life design puzzle. Let's get started. If we're going to be talking about going from busy to balanced, I think it's important to start with defining what does balance even mean? And in this context, we're talking usually something along the lines of work-life balance, right? Some people love to call it work-life integration, work-life harmony. Everyone has these different terms that make them feel better about the concept. I'm just going to use balance because it's what has been shared most often with me when people tell me what they're looking for. I also did a podcast uh, with Beth, who is a life balance coach, which is episode two on the podcast. So if you haven't listened to that yet, I highly recommend you do after you finish listening to this one, because in that episode, Beth shares their definition of what it means to live a balanced life and what does that actually look like. And uh, we are very aligned in our approach. So definitely recommend that. So whenever I'm talking about balance, I really love to reference a quote from a book called The One Thing by Gary Keller. And the quote is, viewed wistfully as a noun, balance is lived practically as a verb. Seen as something we ultimately attain, balance is actually something we constantly do. End quote. So what does that tell us? I love this quote because it tells us that we can never truly achieve balance and maintain it for any kind of prolonged period of time. And you may have experienced this yourself. As soon as things kind of start to feel somewhat balanced, um, somewhat even in life, something happens, some event takes place, something uh, quote unquote goes wrong, and all of a sudden things are out of balance again. And that's not a problem. And I love it because, you know, this quote tells us that this is actually not something going wrong. This is not a problem. This is just life. And balancing is what we're really doing as we experience things, as uh, we are surprised by both maybe positive or uh, not so positive experiences. So what do we do with this information? Do we just feel hopeless that we can never get to this place of balance? Well, no, because I feel that there is a difference and a very qualitative difference between experiencing external balance versus internal balance. And most of the time when people talk about balance, they're referencing external balance, right? This, um, this reference to the external world, the external state of your life, of what's going on in your life, what are your responsibilities, um, what are you working on, how is everything kind of balancing out in terms of where you spend your time and energy. But that being said, when people talk about wanting more balance in their life, What they're actually talking about is wanting internal balance, wanting a feeling of internal peace and calm and not feeling like things are overwhelming and hectic and uh, just kind of crazy and spinning around them all the time. And the assumption that's taking place there is that when we achieve this external balance, we will feel the internal balance, which... A, is not always even true, and B, we've already talked about how achieving external balance is nearly impossible because things are always changing. In the work that I do, I really see balance not only as a verb, as we talked about before, but as an experience, an internal experience that we are feeling. A metaphor that I love to keep in mind in relation to this is the idea of being a tree, where the weather is the external world, right? The external circumstances to a tree in life that we oftentimes cannot control. Some things are within our control and there are a lot of things we can do to, you know, from the aspect of time management, productivity, habits, et cetera, to help improve the external circumstances, but we cannot control the weather. What we can control is how deep our roots grow. How grounded are we in the earth? How much stability and centeredness do we have so that when the weather does not work in our favor, we can weather the storm. We can stand through it without falling apart. So balance isn't just about what's on your calendar, but it's also about your ability to tap into resilience, your ability to manage stress. All of these other things that strongly influence our experience of life, but that we don't necessarily think of when we think about working on or improving our balance. Okay, so let's get into the details. What do we need to be doing in order to get closer to these experiences of balance and how can we do them? Now, I used to have a framework uh, a couple of years ago for this busy-to-balanced idea, um, and I actually ran a group program around it back in the day. And the the framework back then was, one, gaining self-awareness, two, establishing habits, three, improving productivity, and four, embracing self-love. And while I think that was a great starting point, there are some things that I have realized since then. And so I recently revamped this framework to feel a little more holistic in its approach. And it's divided into the what, which is the the practical, you know, steps. <laughs> and I put that kind of in quotations because when we approach balance as something we are constantly doing, we're kind of constantly going through these different steps and always cycling through them and reevaluating. Uh, and then there's also the how, which is how we approach these steps, the mindset that we bring into it, and what we're embodying as we, as we go through them, which is such a huge part of actually applying what we're trying to do and making it successful in the long term. So let's start with the what. There are three very simple steps, which are number one, stop. Or, you know, if stop <laughs> feels a little too much for you right now, slow down. And this is the step in which we are doing evaluation. This is where we need to pause. And it is important to set aside time. And this doesn't need to look like, you know, uh, pausing for a week or an entire day. This can literally mean half an hour. But we do need to prioritize this process if we want to make intentional steps forward. So when we stop, we are evaluating what exactly is out of balance? What would balance feel and look like right now? What do I need right now to experience internal balance? And not only evaluating your external circumstances and your life, but, you know, reflecting on yourself and who you are as a person, has that changed in some way since the last time you have done this kind of reflection, feeling into what is authentic for you right now, because that might change. And what does this mean for what I need in my life in order to feel balanced, supported, calm, peaceful, etc. cetera, at whatever words you are looking to feel? more of right now. So that's the first step, stop or slow down. And honestly, sometimes this can be the hardest step because when you are super busy, it feels like you're on this hamster wheel and stopping is the hardest part. So I just want to put that out there to let you know that even though these steps are simple, it doesn't mean they are easy. And also know that the more you start to intentionally design your life in this way, the easier it's going to get over time as well to find that time because each time you go through these processes, you are slowly getting less and less busy and your baseline of busyness is different. So speaking of baselines, let's move on to step two, which is to select This is where you're going to be selecting what's coming with you and what is going to stay in the past. And the selection becomes actionable when we turn them into habits. When we look at, you know, what are some new habits that I want to bring into my life that are going to support what I just evaluated that I need? And also, what are the habits that are holding me back? Which habits do I have that are no longer serving? The balance that I need right now. Even though they may have been helpful in the past, this doesn't just apply to like quote-unquote bad habits. It might just include habits that are no longer helpful even though they were before, like switching up your morning routine. Maybe there was a morning routine that worked for you for a while, but something changed and now you need something different from your mornings. And so it's not about, you know, quitting a bad habit, but just revamping. And habits are just a huge topic on their own. Um, I should probably do just a separate podcast episode dedicated to habits because I have so much to share on that. But what I would really love for you to understand in this episode is that habits create our baseline experience, right? Habits are what create the average day for us. There will always be days that are, you know, above average, below average, and whatever metrics you're kind of using to measure your days, but the habits that we have are what can elevate our baseline or decrease it as well. So I want to read you two more quotes. If you can't tell, I love reading, (laughs) and these are from the book Atomic Habits by James Clear, which... If you have dipped a single toe into the world of personal development, you have probably seen or heard about this book at some point. And let me tell you, it is worth the hype. If habits are something you're struggling with and you want to learn more about and you're also a reader, then highly recommend. But the two quotes from this book that I think really drive this point home are, one, The quality of our lives often depend on the quality of our habits. Mm, So good. And then the second quote is, You do not rise to the level of your goals. You fall to the level of your systems. Oh, so good. I mean, those quotes just like get me every time. (laughs) And they both just touch on this idea that habits create our baseline average daily experience. And so that's why this is pretty much its own step within the process. Selecting what's coming with you, what's staying in the past, what are the habits that you need in order to to make those changes. So, so far we have stop, select, and finally the third step is support. We want to be finding the support that we need to help us continue on this journey, to continue to make improvements. And the key question we're asking at this stage is, What can I do to support this new way of being? What is going to support me? How do I bring more of that into my life? Oftentimes, this is a combination of both productivity, right, improving our productivity, uh, learning some new time management skills, all that good stuff, and also learning better self-care skills, learning how to set boundaries, It is such a vital part of this process because if we are not able to take productivity and self-care and find a way to bring them together so that they're not constantly at odds with each other, they're not always constantly like in conflict, then it's always going to feel like this binary struggle. And it doesn't have to be. If you haven't already, I recommend you go and listen to episode three, which was all about detaching from hustle mentality and finding true productivity. And uh, if you listen to that episode, you'll understand what I mean, and you'll understand how this can actually start to happen. Maybe I'll need to do a whole separate episode on actually marrying these two. Um, But for now, that episode is definitely going to be helpful. Okay, so we've got stop, select, and support. Now let's move on to the how and this is just as equally important to the what because if we are not approaching these steps with the um, the kind of attitude and the kind of intentions that are going to support them, then it just makes it so much harder and it makes it so much more of like a rigid, cold process which is not always necessarily moving us closer to what we're actually looking for and the how includes first and foremost creating space creating openings and windows of opportunity for deeper reflection for more self-awareness and this of course is most relevant to our first step of stopping and evaluating but it also applies throughout the whole process to maintain a level of reflection of self-awareness of being willing to see um, how you might be holding yourself back or standing in your own way in some things. And even outside of the process, creating space is really one of the core components of finding balance, right? If you are always busy, the antidote to that is often space at least one of the helpful things to bring more of into your life is space. So we want to find ways to create even like micro, micro pockets of space. Like, can you eat your breakfast without scrolling through your phone or watching TV or reading something, etc.? Can you just sit there and eat your breakfast? <laughs> Or maybe it means doing a 10-minute meditation practice or if meditation is challenging for you, that's why I love breath work because it really helps me kind of create that space in my mind as well, not just in my my time and in my life. There's also finding safety, right? Finding a sense of groundedness, um, of resiliency, of stability going back to that metaphor of of being that like strong rooted tree, can we find safety not by trying to constantly control our environment so that it feels safe for us, but can we internalize that level of safety? And this is, this is hard, okay? Like I'm still working on this. This is not, you know, I'm just kind of like throwing it out there <laughs> as like, here's one more thing, but um, it's not It's not easy, it can be really challenging, and it can also just be a lifelong journey. But the more we are able to tap into that within ourselves, the more resources we are able to use to work on all of those steps that we had talked about before. And the final piece is embodying self-love. One of my favorites because it truly makes such a difference. And um, when I say self-love, I feel like it also encompasses just so many other things like self-trust, self-confidence, self-care. And it really just boils down to treating yourself like someone you love. It's about doing what is best for you And I think especially when it comes to the self-care piece, we sometimes um, have this assumption that it's supposed to be like pleasurable or fun or feel good. (laughs) And that's not always the case. Sometimes doing self-care and showing ourselves some true self-love is hard. It's challenging. It's not fun. But we do it because we know that that is what is going to, in the long term, be best for us. I like to almost think about it as like my higher self and my my soul kind of like taking care of this like little human body here on earth for this brief moment in time, almost as if it's like a pet in some ways. and um, And just thinking like, oh, this like little human with their, you know, their ego and their brain that doesn't always fully understand things. Sometimes want things that is not best for them. And my higher self can then step in as the the wise parent or the loving um guest and inhabiter. I don't even know if that's a word, but you know, as the thing that is inhabiting my physical body at this time to say, actually, let's do this thing, which I know is going to be better for you and this um, embodiment of self-love is especially helpful in that uh, last step that we talked about of support, right? Of how do we marry productivity and self-care? This is where that kind of compassion for ourselves is going to come in and be really important. Or our self-love can also be the alternative to discipline. And I have a whole episode... Uh, planned around discipline, because I know that's often the biggest sticking point for habits as well in our second step of selecting, right? Selecting those habits. So self-love just overall, overarching this entire process, it's kind of like the, the warm bubble that we want everything to be enveloped in so that it can flourish in the best way possible. So let's recap what it means to go from busy to balanced. The what is simple. Stop, select, and support. And then we also want to bring in the how, the approach that we're doing this with, of creating space throughout this process, and honestly, always, finding safety, and embodying self-love. I hope that was helpful for you. I hope there were uh, at least a few things in there that you can kind of take away and already know how you might want to experiment with it or apply it to your own life and try things out. And I would love to hear what they are. Feel free to share this episode with your takeaways on Instagram, on your stories, and tag me at Elena A. Hartung. And I would love to see what you got from it. That is all for today. I hope you have an amazing week and I will see you next week for episode six. Thank you for tuning into Life Design 101. If you enjoyed today's episode, I would be so grateful if you left a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. This helps us spread the message to more ears and create an even bigger ripple effect for a better world. Thanks again and see you next time.